Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Status Alternative Podcast. My name is Brittany. So today, this is going to be sort of like off of the reels of my podcast episode with my co-worker, Naomi. We're going to be discussing... Um, Sort of like a bevy of things, my like four main things for this podcast. But this time we have a really special guest. We have my brother Denzel on this episode. You want to say hi to the people? Um, hi. Okay. Don't worry, don't worry. Once we get started, it'll just like, it'll be like really easy. So, uh, first things first, we're going to be discussing... Let's discuss um, how we sort of contributed each other's, like, uh, love for uh, hard rock and metal music. (laughs) All right, funny story. So, when I was a kid, I used to listen to rap and R&B, the same thing as my sister does. Right. Or did. Um, But that whole brother-sister relationship, she was like, oh, no, you got to listen to your own thing. You got to... She my she didn't want me to listen to the same music she did. So I found I found rock music like, you know, Linkin Park, um God not not Godsmack yet, but alternative bands. Yeah, like uh in the beginning for us it was like uh what was it? Breaking Benjamin, yeah. Three Days Grace, you know, the sorta of early two thousands post grunge music we were listening to because of our love for WWE SmackDown versus Raw two thousand and six. Yeah, that um that really got me into more rock and metal music. Right. So when I went to high school I started listening to more heavier stuff like death metal, um what was that, what was that called? Deathcore? Well, yeah, it has varying titles. I think for you, it was mostly uh, death metal and like black metal and all that other stuff. Yeah. So, for the reason for <laughs> the reason why I like the music I like is because of my sister. Yeah. So, like for us especially, um, for us it was like um. Yeah, I always, so you always said it's because, the reason why you got into this music is because that, you got into it because of me, because I wanted you to listen to your own music and develop your own identity. You told me to find something I understood. Right. And it was metal. Yeah, and then with me, I always say it was you, because had it not been for you, you got me into metal because you introduced me to bands. Because, like, I, I, in previous episodes, I discussed, um... How my fa- main like four bands that I was listening to were I was listening to Nickelback, I was listening to God's um, yeah, Nickelback. Come on now, come on now, you were too, yeah, I How, did, you, but you, then they trash. <laughs> no, it, well, it's not that bad, but still, I'm just saying. Um, but yeah, my main four was like listening to Green Day, I was listening to um. my main four gateway bands, as I call it, were Linkin Park, Limp Biscuit. Uh, Nickelback, and what was another one? I I, I forget, to be honest with you. But it is what it is. But those were, like, my gateway bands. And you helped me with, like, listening to heavier bands, or uh, I don't want to say better bands, but, you know, more um, bands that I could be in tune with. So, like, you helped me, and then WWE SmackDown vs. Raw, 
uh, helped out a lot too because we listened to Seven Dust and AM Conspiracy and uh, that whole soundtrack to be honest with you is like integral for us getting into heavier bands and then eventually you and I just went separate ways music wise. Mm -hmm. I stuck with like of course you know I still listen to Breaking Benjamin. I still listen to their new albums. Uh, I still listen to Shine Down. I still listen to uh, Three Days Grace for the most part after uh, Adam the lead singer left. And then I still listen to Seven Dust. And their new music is even better than their, like, their, nothing compares to their older music, but their new music is, like, top tier. So, like, um, so going into more of SmackDown versus Raw. So, like, you could say, and you can agree with this, that we started listening to, like, hard rock and heavy metal music around the same time we got into wrestling. Mm-hmm. So, like, who were some of your favorites when you were watching wrestling? Well, my favorite wrestler? Yeah, at the time. Because yeah, I know it's Shawn changed Michaels. since then. <laughs> Shawn so, Michaels, of course. So, so, Shawn Michaels was your guy. Yep. So, and then it, like, formed into Randy Orton, I remember. Oh, uh, yeah, it was Shawn Michaels and Randy Orton. Um, who else? Because uh, it was Shawn Michaels, Randy Orton, and CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, Roman, The Shield. Yeah. And uh, AJ Styles. Yeah. Shinsuke. I got to see more of his work in New Japan, though. Um, yeah. It it it's, it's uh it was like it started off as one favorite wrestler, right. and then it went to multiple favorites. Yeah. You know? So the I am one of those people. I can't like pick like a certain favorite. Right. I, with me, it's like. I just, I have multiple favorites, so I just can't really choose to one or stick to one. So, going off of that, so, like, to see where wrestling has gone back then when we started watching in 2006, I know you, I know we've had previous discussions on, like, certain, like, the the view, our view of wrestling today and how it's, like, changed over time. Because during a period of time, I stopped watching, like, twice, but you kept watching the product. Yeah, yeah. See, um, even though people say that wrestling is fake and, you know, it's scripted, it's still entertaining. Right. And I was still, you know, I was still hooked on it because it was, you know, it was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. You, know, you get off of school or you get off of work, you go home, get a pizza, you pop in wrestling or you just turn on wrestling. Right. You know, just, just end your day like that or whatever. And um, I, 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 <clears throat> um, I, I was hooked on playing the games like SmackDown versus Raw 2006. Mm-hmm. That was the first one. I think uh, no, it was two thousand seven. Yeah, it was SmackDown versus Raw two thousand seven. That was the first wrestling game I bought or I had, and then ever since then I just kept buying them year after year after year. Every year, a new copy would essentially yeah. just come out. You know, I was one of those types. <laughs> so that was the main reason why I kept watching wrestling because you know I enjoy playing the games. Right. You know. So what was so I know when we started watching in like late two thousand five, early two thousand six, then right around like two thousand so we were watching for a steady three years and then all of a sudden my reason for watching TNA when because I remember we caught a couple episodes and it was like the early on episodes when they were like they were like legit talking shit about the WWE yeah and they were like they would go interview fans and they're like oh man FWWE FWWE they're trash they're trash and I remember watching that and we were like oh we are not watching this yeah we were loyal fans right right and then like eventually we stuck to our guns but three years later like 
2009, 2000, yeah, 2009, um, there was word going around that Jeff Hardy was leaving because he had that last match with CM Punk. Was that 2009 or 2011? No, 2009. 2009. It was 2009 when CM Punk and Jeff Hardy were in a a feud together and Mm -hmm. Jeff Hardy ended up leaving and then he goes to TNA. He cuts his hair and he ends up on this cage. And I I don't know how I found out that that was the episode he was going to appear on, but he was one of the reasons why I switched over. Rob Van Dam had left again, so he was the reason why I switched over. And Mr... Kennedy is what he used to be called, but now he's called Mr. Anderson. Yeah, RVD was one of my favorites, too. <laughs> yeah, because he was crazy. Hell yeah. But um, those three are the reason why I started watching TNA. And, like, I kind of... I was watching that up until, like, 2011. Another thing, um, I was a uh, ECW fan. Like, the old school ECW, not the new one, the revamped one. Yeah. I remember, like, I used to go on YouTube and look for old Bob Wire matches with Terry Funk and right. Sabu. And, you know, I was just, I, Sabu was another one of my favorites because that dude, he was just crazy. <laughs> so, speaking of that, I was hearing from, because uh, I listened to Bustin', Busted Open, the podcast, Busted Open Radio, mm-hmm. um, that. And they were talking about how it's been 24 years since the Barely Legal pay-per-view. Right. So, have you watched that yet? or I have not. Okay. I have to look that up. It's on uh, Peacock course right so it's um yeah it, it was kind of like their precursor but yeah i remember you were a huge ecw fan oh, yeah. dude like original and like when they said they were bringing it back because like i remember they said something the reason why they brought back yes i know he's shaking his head but yeah i know mm-hmm. um when they said they were gonna bring it back the reason why they brought it back was because the rise and fall of ecw dvd was just released right and i actually have that too about that. right and it was like it was really successful because it's like it showed them like, hey, people are still into this product, even mm. though it's been like, what, 10 years at that point, like a good 10, 11, 12 years since it's come out. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember that being the catalyst of why they brought it back. And then eventually, I mean, in the beginning, in my opinion, they they got it right for the most part. But for me, what told me this wasn't going to be the same is when rather than CM Punk joined the ECW Originals, he joined the new guys. Man, to be honest with you, when they had that December to Dismember pay-per-view, mm-hmm. that's when it all went to shit. Yeah. Because that was just terrible. Right. I, I heard some like horrible stories. I think Simon Miller did an ups and downs for that, too. Because yeah, was... I think they should have... Because um, I think the cycle of how it went was they brought it back... They didn't bring it back just yet. They had the ECW One Night Stand pay-per-view. Right. And then they decided to bring it back. And then December does this member happened and that was the thing. Yeah. I think one of my favorite matches on that was like CM Punk and the Hardy Boys. Like versus like because this was like off the heels of like the Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. When it was DX, the Hardy Boys and CM Punk versus who was it? it Mike was Knox. Mike uh, Knox. RKO, yeah. Gregory Helms. Yeah. And uh, who else? Was it Nitro? Nitro? No, I don't think Nitro was in Yeah, it. he was in it. Because that whole spot with Melina and Right, Sean, right. Yeah, Nitro was yeah, in it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, going off of that, I remember that being a, like a catalyst. So, we're kind of like two weeks removed. WrestleMania just happened. Oh, uh, did you ever watch NXT Stand and Deliver yet? Or you haven't watched it yet? I have not. Okay. so we're I, just, I've seen clips and all that. Yeah. So, we're going to mostly focus on like um, WrestleMania. So, 
Um, we're off the heels of WrestleMania, and I know you and I, we always talk about, like, wrestling, and we always, like, talk about it extensively, because you and I have, like, a, a similar thought process when it comes to wrestling that we're watching. Mm-hmm. So, um, to go off of that, uh, we recently watched SmackDown, and we recently, recently watched Raw. So, with you and I watching SmackDown and Raw, like, uh, discussing, like, what's going on with the product storyline the, the storyline wise because it just going off of the heels of that i don't understand why raw showcased all the loser all not the losers but the people who lost their matches at wrestlemania they showcased them but you don't see aj and omos you didn't see sheamus but you saw the new day and they lost their match and they won against like jackson Riker and elias Mm-hmm. And then you saw like Riddle go against Bobby Lashley, mm-hmm. and I I don't know. And then like you saw SmackDown this Friday, and it's okay. You see Apollo Cruz, but you don't see Big E. You see Bianca Belair. You see Sasha Banks, but she was like really really pissed that she lost her match. You saw Bailey, <laughs> and you saw Bailey. And then you see Tamina and Natalia fighting Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler again. Mm-hmm. Only this time Natalia won. Yeah, it was just uh, it was Nia versus Baszler. Right. But, but. Uh, yeah. So I'm thinking they're trying to build a story with that. Yeah, but, but I guess. Yeah. And I'm still confused as to why they're calling it WrestleMania Backlash. I don't know. Why, like, why call? It, why don't you just call it Backlash? Yeah, well. Uh, they pay the bills. That's a that's product. I guess. But, all right. So, we're going to circle back to, like, um, like rock music. Because you and I are, like I said before, our tastes kind of, like, went separate ways. Mm-hmm. So, how did you get into, like, what made you get into these heavier, more extreme bands? Well, um, one of my friends in high school, he let me borrow his iPod. And he had all these hardcore songs on it you know like axing alexandria uh bands like slipknot mm-hmm. um i forget Mo- i mostly remember asking alexandria because that's when i really my freshman year of high school that's when i really got into heavier bands sort of like a metalcore metalcore yeah because you and i core. you yeah yeah go on i was gonna yeah. bring it back to me but we're not it's not about me go uh, on yeah metalcore deathcore and all that and then um, I went on Pandora, and I used to just listen to like bands like that. And Pandora was another reason why I found out these hardcore, more heavier bands. Yeah, and um, I found bands like um, the Black Dahlia Murder, mm-hmm. uh, Fit for an Autopsy, uh, Whitechapel, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, bands like that. You know, and that really, I don't know, it just. I just liked how it resonated with you. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I, yeah, I just understood it. Yeah. You know, and uh, another man on all them thrag. I don't know if I said that right, but you know, if you know who that band is, you know what I'm talking about. Right. <laughs> and it's just two guys playing it, which is amazing. And you know, that's another band that I really love. And I, I still to this day have that sweater from high school, and it still fits. Right. <laughs> I gotta buy more band merch, but um. Yeah, I just it was the it was like the people I hung around. They were listening to that type of music. Then I started listening to it, and then I brought it around you, and that's how I really you know went down from there. 
Yeah. It, it sounds like, I, I know a lot of people can, like, resonate with that and a lot of people can connect with that because, like, you know, everybody sort of comes from music and comes and listens to music through different avenues. With me, it was you and then it just branched out from there. It's like I went from listening to, like, Nickelback and Creed and Limp Biscuit and, yeah. like, um, Linkin Park yeah, and I then... Mean. Yeah, and then you just go off, and next thing you know, this video came comes in, and then not to mention Saints Row and their soundtrack. Oh my God! Saints Row, uh, what <laughs> yes. was it? Saints Row Two. Saints Row Two. Saints yeah. Row Two and WWE uh, SmackDown vs Raw 2006 were the biggest uh, contributors for us listening to heavier music because mm-hmm. they had like they had the stuff I was listening to, so I was still listening to a lot of pop punk and little alternative like Taking Back Sunday and Deftones. Cause, and then, like, on that also soundtrack, you had, like, the metal station. So you had, like, Lamb of God. You had Trivium on there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Trivium, so that's you... another band. Yeah, so, like, Lamb Machine of God. Head. Yeah, Machine <laughs> Head, too. So, like, I remember, like, uh, listening to those bands and then just, like, just going from there. And then, like, eventually you just branch out and then you start listening to, like, okay, you went from listening to this. Okay, what's heavier? What's out there? Because, like, my main, like, four bands I was listening to in high school was Corn and Alter Bridge and Disturbed and uh, Slipknot. Those were, like, my main four. And then listening to, like, Rise Against and listening to, like, all these different bands. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's, like, one of those things. So, uh, going off of that, I took you to your first concert. Oh, yeah, that was amazing, too. Yeah, so, um, I've been to, I've been going to shows since I was 20, so... Like, right around, like, when I turned 21, I want to say on that brink of 21, 22, that's when I really started going to a lot more shows. Because, like, a lot of my bands were touring, a lot of my favorite bands were touring. So, I've seen Seether, I've seen Corn, I've seen Breaking Benjamin, I've seen Incubus. But the show I want to talk about is our experience when we went to the House of Blues. And this is the lineup. Black Label Society was the headliner. It was down... Butcher Babies were the opener. Uh, Howard Jones's band that came out before it was called Light the Torch. It was called Devil You Know. So it was Butcher Babies, Devil You Know, Down, and Black Label Society. You know, at the time I was a real Black Label Society fan. Mm-hmm. You know, some people, some people know that because I used to talk about them a lot. Yeah. Um. But yeah. That was your reason for going. Yep. And my reason for going was mostly. Um, I really wanted to see Double You Know because I really love Howard Jones and I love his work that he did with Kill Switch Engage because I feel like when Howard came in, that's when they really hit it big mm-hmm. because of like the end of Heartache. Uh, he did CM Punk's theme music, uh, yeah. the This Fire Burns. So yeah, uh, their music was like, their albums during the Howard era was like a real big part. And when he left, I wanted to see what his new band was. So that was a reason. And plus, like, I love Phil Anselmo, who is the lead singer of Down. That So his band. So I was a real huge fan of that. So I remember Beer being, like, I remember Beer being flung into the audience. Man, I remember. Got me in the face. Right. Because we were, by the end of the night, we were covered in beer, sweat, and then when Phil Anselmo, like, spit into the crowd and everything, so we were covered in that, too. Man, nasty ass. It was, man. And then we were all packed in there. It was hot. Yeah. We were packed in there, like, sardines. We were squished. And, um, 
one thing I'll always remember about that that concert was the Butcher Babies because that was my first time experiencing them. Right. And we we like I, yeah we actually got into that band right. by seeing them. You know? Right. It, it, I will admit it took a little while longer for us to get into them because this was like our first time seeing them, mm-hmm. so we didn't really appreciate it yet. But it wasn't until later when it's like, oh shit, this is really good. Damn, I got every album. <laughs> right, and I did. <laughs> So that was that was um that was fun. That that was like a fun show that we both went to and I remember who was it? Black Yeah. Right when we went right and you've been to two concerts with me. There was that show we went to. It was you, me and Portia and we went to go see um it was a I don't wanna say was it a dual headliner or was like well, that was the one when we went to go see Lamb of God, right? Yeah, because it was Lamb of God and Thrax. I think that's when we went and saw... No! It was Power Trip. Power Trip. Power Trip, Anthrax, and Lamb of God. Mm. And I want to say Death Haven, but I'm not really sure. But yeah, that was like our first time experiencing Power Trip. And you know the lead singer since then has passed away. Mm. Yeah, so I'm glad we got to see that because it was good. It was real good. But man, that was a fun show too, man. Like two, I will say this: two of my favorite people that I love going to concerts with. Well, three: Caroline is one, and Portia and you are like the most fun I've ever had going to shows. Yeah, I go to more. Yeah, I really want to go to more shows because you've never been to the uh, Chicago Open Air. No, I have not. Dude, Chicago Open Air. I went with Caroline. That was the best show. I saw Body Count open, well, not open, but they played Slayer's Rain and Blood. Mm. And seeing people, like, rush to the stage just to do that. You saw dudes already slam dancing to the stage trying to get in just to see that. So that was an amazing show. Get in that pit, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. Remember the first time we got in the pit? Yeah. That was crazy. We didn't even... We didn't really get into the pit. We were like on the, oh, the rims of the pit. Right. You know? And <laughs> they started, because like as soon as Butcher Baby started, that's when they started pushing people. Yeah. And then there's those two big dudes mm-hmm. that were right behind us. It was a, 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 a human shield of me mm-hmm. and these two big dudes just blocking Brittany and some other girls. And it was just, it was fun. <laughs> it, it was a good show. It, it's like one of my top favorite shows to go to. But I remember, remember when Machine Head came and you wanted to get tickets? Oh, and you yeah. never did get tickets. Man, I was so I was so disappointed. Because it was like, I think it was Black Dahlia Murder and Machine Head were going on the same. They were doing the same. It was uh, two it was, of my favorite bands were there, and I didn't. I, I missed that opportunity. Oh, don't feel bad. I missed out on the opportunity to see Light the Torch and Trivium. Mm. <laughs> and then on top of that, I missed out on the opportunity to watch Megadeth and Suicidal Tendencies. Wow. If I would have went to that show, I would have officially saw every member of the Big Four. Nice. But I didn't. <laughs> I remember my first time hearing uh, the Big Four and that song. What was that song that they did? Uh, Am I Evil? Am I Evil. That song. Oh, my God. For those of you who are just now tuning in, the Big Four we are talking about is the Big Four of Thrash. Metallica, Anthrax, Slayer, and Megadeth. They all went on a tour together, and there's a video of it called The Big Four, and it's all the members of those four bands playing Am I Evil. It was amazing. It was, like, really amazing. Because, like, Metallica did a cover of it. You know, um, the first time I heard Megadeth, 
was this game called Flat Out 2. Mm-hmm. That was another song. That was another game that had an amazing soundtrack. Yeah. Because they had Symphony of Destruction. And if you ever played Flat Out 2, it's a racing game. And you just basically blow up everything. You race, you crash, you... Right. Do all, it's just it's just pure chaos. And it's... It, it fit well. You know? Right. And that's how I found out about Megadeth. Nice. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I ended up stumbling onto them. But I... I I didn't really get that big into Megadeth, I will say. Like, as I got older, like, of course, everyone talks about how, how like, integral Metallica is and everything like that. But me, you know, you gotta go... I don't wanna, like, diss Metallica, but, like, your your tastes change, you know? Yeah. They're, like, the starter for you. They're the gateway bands, and everybody loves them. And I do love them. I love... um, And Justice For All, I have to say, is my favorite Metallica album. No offense to like Ride the Lightning. Ride the Lightning, I will say, is like my second favorite. Mm. But that's neither here nor there. So going off of that, and we've kind of touched on music, and we've touched a little bit on how video games have influenced our taste. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about wrestling, but it is pretty much a open-ended thing. Like, do you watch? NXT often? Oh, from time to time. I mostly see clips on Instagram and, you know, clips on Facebook. So I'm I'm up to date. I just don't watch the whole show. But right. last last Tuesday I did see that full episode and it was amazing. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> NXT, man, is it, really it's really good. And like yeah. I know I've talked to you about like how we have to deal with the um, sort of curse. Uh, the thing we made up called the call-up curse. Call-up curse. That call-up curse. It's like a 50-50. So for those who don't know, um, me and my brother, we are... Well, me, I watch like NXT. And like NXT is sort of like their developmental. But it doesn't feel like that now. I feel like it's just like their own brand. But the it's, whole... NXT, I don't mean to cut you off, but NXT is better than Raw SmackDown. Yeah, it is. Because you're getting... Because I feel like the wrestling is better. Mm-hmm. And the wrestling's better. Storylines are better. Yeah, and they make sense. Yeah. But that's You don't have Shane McMahon come out of nowhere, bully Braun Strowman, then get his ass kicked, and then, you know, disappear. Right. But it teaches on. Right. <coughs> Excuse me. So, like, going off of, like... Going off of that, we call the call-up curses. Like, whenever an NXT superstar who's had amazing success on NXT gets called up to the main roster. And it's 50-50 at this point. In our opinion, and in my... In our opinion, um, it's always 50-50. Because you never know if they're going to have the same success they did in NXT. It is what it is. And I know you kind of on and off watch AEW. Yeah. But, yeah. So, what is your opinion of AEW? AEW, I need to get more into because I, I know that they have amazing matches and amazing storylines and they just get straight into the action. They don't do a promo every show in the beginning of the show. Right. You know, they open the show with AEW and it's straight to the straight to the wrestling, straight to the action. And they don't do a promo after that. Mm-hmm. But with WWE, what I don't like is that they have 30 minute promos, 40 minute promos to show will start and you gotta wait you gotta wait for the whole match to start like for the first match to start like i said you 30 minutes into the show and they still talking right that gets annoying at one point you know especially for if you want to just watch it for wrestling Mm -hmm. 
it, it does get annoying when they just do nothing but promos 24-7, yeah. you know? Well, that's kind of their... I feel like with, with WWE, for them, well, at least for Raw and SmackDown, they're more focused on the entertainment part right, rather than the wrestling part. If you want... In all honesty, if you want to watch wrestling, like actual, like just wrestling, watch NXT. Mm-hmm. Because... AE, I, I feel like SmackDown and Raw, that's more focused on, like, the entertainment part. The, the It's just the entertainment part and, like, building the storyline and the promos. The, the promos are the main focus of Raw and SmackDown, in my wholehearted opinion. But for, like, say, NXT, which is mostly just, like, okay, we have matches, matches, matches. And on top of that, it goes to, I feel like a big thing is, it's, like, who's running it. Because, you know, with NXT... It's for wrestlers made by wrestlers. Right. And that's their main focus. See. Now, AEW, in my opinion, does both. Because you get... Because, yes, they do do that. When AEW comes on the air, they'll have, like, the opening segment with the Young Bucks, which happened this week. They had that. But as soon as that was over, went right into the match. It was like, okay, we've turned heels now. We're cutting off the tassels off of our gear. We're not doing bright colors anymore. We're gonna. We're just gonna worry about ourselves, and we're gonna worry about our friends, and then the Bullet Club and Kenny Omega, and that was it. Bullet and then, Club. even then, that opening segment was like what fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. but it was just to catch up on everything. And then right in the beginning, there was no other promo leading into that. It was just like, okay, we're gonna like just go into the match. Right. See if WWE did that, like I know they could do, they could do a promo here. They could start the match there, you know, just switch it off, you know. But mm-hmm. like week after week after week is these long ass promos, and it's just like, yeah, you kind of just fast forward through it, be honest with you. Yeah, and I feel like in my personal opinion, um, when it comes to watching, like I know, like listening to other people, um, it'd be a lot easier for me to dissect and enjoy the product if I felt like the wrestlers. Felt what they were saying. Right. Because I remember, and it still sticks in my head, what Edge said was like, he was like, if I don't feel it, then they'll, then the fans will notice that I don't feel it. Right. If you can't feel what you're saying in your promo and you and it's not coming from the gut, how am I supposed to believe it? Um, over the years, I've seen a lot of promos that these wrestlers, you know, shoot and whatever, but... You could tell when they're actually into the promo and when they're just like, okay, let me just get this out the way so, you know, we could pass this. Because you could actually notice, you know, if you actually pay attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could, you could tell. So, one other thing we're going to get into, going off of that last topic, uh, we can talk about... I know you are aware of certain comic book characters and you have your favorite comic book characters. Do you want to delve into like some of your favorites? And they don't necessarily have to be heroes or villains either. Godzilla is my favorite. Okay. So <laughs> you really didn't get them. Like you had like a beginning in comics, but God's we're going to focus on Godzilla. Man. Cause you, in my opinion, you're like an expert. On I don't want to say expert. I'm just a really big fan of Godzilla. I've seen all the movies. Right. <laughs> I've seen the games. And now I'm getting more comic books. I'm collecting little figurines. <sighs> Just fanning out, man. Just So how did your, like, what made you want to get, because, like, every time we go to Target or if we go, if you come with me to the comic book store, you're always looking for, like, figurines. So what made you 
um, want to get into getting like the figures? Um, I just saw them. I saw them. I thought they were cool, and I'm like, all right, let me go. Let me go collect these, because um, the figurines are from the actual movies, right? You know, so they have their own design, their own. You know, they have their own design, right? One figurine is the the green Godzilla with the purple spines and the red flames. Right. Another one, Godzilla versus Biolente. It, it, it's Godzilla with the the green spores on them. Mm-hmm. And then you know they have Shin Godzilla, which that design is amazing. They have Godzilla GMK, Godzilla Mothra, King of Dora, All Monsters, All Out Attack. That long ass title. <laughs> right, right, right. But yeah, they they just have you know they just have different um figurines. It it just it it, it interests me. Okay. You know. Yeah. So, like, because I always said, because, like, when Funko Pops were just now getting a thing or becoming a thing. Yeah, I know. I, I wanted to get more Funko Pops, but I just didn't have the room to place it. See, but I know for you, um, getting the figures, you don't take them out the box. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, I never was a fan of those pop-up. Funko fun- Pops. The, the Funko Pops. Yeah. I was never a fan of those. They, they look dumb to me. But the actual figurines, they look... They look better than me, right. you know. To each their own. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's why that's why I got into the uh, collecting those. But um, what I what I enjoy about the comics is um, it's a different story because, right. like I said before, I seen all the movies. I didn't really watch the Godzilla animated TV show because that really wasn't my thing. Right. Um. But yeah, I like the stories that they have, like Godzilla in Hell, mm-hmm. Godzilla's um, Rage Against, uh, no Rage Across Time, Rage Across Time, uh, Rulers of Earth, right? Um, History's Greatest Monster. I I actually got that for uh, my birthday. It was just really amazing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just like the, the interesting stories, like in Godzilla, in, in Godzilla in Hell, you have Space Godzilla and Godzilla fighting on this deserted planet. Mm-hmm. And they used their atomic breath so it was so powerful that they actually blew up the planet. Right. And that never I never seen that before. And that completely blew my mind. No no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, like I like the interesting stories and like there is this there is this um parasitical alien that came in and started assimilating the monsters and Godzilla and Space Godzilla actually had to team up, mm-hmm. which was iconic. Right. You know? <laughs> And they actually fought off these damn alien creatures because they're outmatched. Right. You know, and they actually, it, it brings interesting stories together. Like, um, Mega Godzillas, they were coming in. They had, like, instead of one, uh, instead of one Mega Godzilla, they had multiple, like a whole army of Mega Godzillas. And they tried to, you know, take over the planet or, you know, do their thing, but. It was interesting to see like the different stories and different ideas what people come up with with these. Right. You know, and I'm I'm just so into the you know. Yeah, and I I've told you they're coming out with a there's a new comic book coming out too. Yes. So I believe that one's coming out this Wednesday. So I ended up pre-ordering that. So that's on my pull list. So when I, I go, can't wait. <laughs> yeah. So when I go pick that up next week on my birthday on Wednesday, I'm I'm gonna bring it home so you can read it because that's the only reason why I got it on my pull list was like, hey, uh, you want the comic? Another one for my collection. Exactly. So, going off of, like, you know, um, that and things you're a big fan of, um, let's dive into another thing that you're a really big fan of and you're a huge fan of. 
Let's talk about Dragon Ball Z. Oh, God. I'm going to be here all day. <laughs> That's the point. So, when we were kids, our first introduction to Dragon Ball Z, I believe we got into the video game before we got into the TV series. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, in the, in my episode, How I Got Into Anime, I talked about uh, Toonami and how big of a play, uh, how big of an influence that was on us listening, watching anime. So, um, we ended up getting... We had a, what was it, PlayStation 2? Mm-hmm. So we had a PlayStation 2, and one of the games we got was Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkichi. No, no, no. It was Dragon Ball Z Budokai 1. Oh, 1? Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z Budokai, the first one. Okay. Yeah. Um, we played that, and as soon as we started playing and got to the story, and first first time I saw Vegeta... I'm like, yeah, that's my guy. Right. Because you're a huge Vegeta guy. <laughs> I'm a huge Vegeta guy, man. So, like, right. when we... So, when you first get the game, that game is the beginning of the... Like, I think it contains everything up until the Saiyan Saga and the Cell Saga. Yep. Am I right? Yep. So, that video game only contained those two stories. Because you had, like, you had Gohan... Three stories? It's three stories. The Sand Saga, Namek Saga. Right, right, Saga. right. Because of Frieza, right. I, see, the, see. going backtracking, I... Look, I know of Dragon Ball Z. Oh, okay, you're right. You're right. He just looked it up on his phone. But yeah, so with me, I'm aware of Dragon Ball Z. I'm aware of like all the characters, most of the characters. But I didn't really get big into it. Like, you and Curtis got, like, really big into it. Because you guys, like, went all the way into mm-hmm. it. Like, the way you guys are with Dragon Ball Z is the way I am with One Piece. So, um, we got the video game. Uh, you guys um, were huge fans. Curtis is a big Goku guy. You're a big Vegeta guy. Um, so, going off of that and your love for this and how Toonami also helped with it, too, because they talked about, like, we watched everything from, like, that beginning, from, like, the earlier um, seasons with the um, Saiyan Saga and everything, um, going off of, like, them fighting Raditz and then meeting Vegeta and then Frieza and then the Cell Saga and then, like, Goku dying X amount of times and everything like that. So, it's like, you dive off of that. And then we get into GT. Oh, man. <laughs> so, Dragon Ball GT was a thing. If you know what it is, you know what I'm talking about. Um, my honest opinion about Dragon Ball GT, I didn't really like it. You know, it, I, I watched it uh, Super Saiyan 4. That was, that was cool and all, but I don't know. I didn't really like the storyline to that. And right. the whole turning Goku back into a kid, I, I I didn't really enjoy that. Right. So like, I want to backtrack a bit. So what real what was the appealing? What made you a fan and continue to watch it till this day? Um, the violence. Okay. The <laughs> pure violence, man. Right. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> that's what it is, man. Because um, the idea of being like. The idea about being a warrior, every time that you lose a fight, you only get stronger. You only learn from your mistakes. You only you only train, you eat, you sleep, and you train again. You fight, and you just get stronger. Right. That whole... I feel like that has a more realistic mindset. You know, like, you're not going, you're not going out to collect, you know, pirate booty or whatever. <laughs> um, it's just the whole... 
Eat, sleep, train. Eat, yeah. sleep, train. You could actually relate to that. You know, you could actually uh, work out and eat right, sleep right. Train right. Train right. Um, I'm losing losing my train of thought. Happens. <laughs> but um, I just like the whole idea behind that. And the violence is cool. And the story, the storyline is interesting. And um, you could just really, I don't know, it just really hooks you. Right. Sometimes, you know, I actually, I'm watching the, the Namek saga again, actually. I was watching that the other day. And it just, just it, it's a good story. Like, forget the whole... Some people may not like anime and some people have, you know, their opinions on it. But, like, if you actually sat down and listened to the story and actually paid attention to what's going on, it's actually, it's really interesting. Yeah, I will say this. I will say this. Um, One thing that I like about um, the difference between, like, animes or, like, Japanese television versus, like, American television. Like, it's a whole different way of thinking and looking at certain situations. Because, let's just say, for certain characters, it's like, it's it's pretty predictable, the end result for certain characters in American television. Mm-hmm. Like, you kind of see where the story is headed. Right. But, like, the heroes, they always come up on top and... Right. But with Dragon Ball Z, it's about that struggle that I've noticed. It's yeah. about how far are you willing to do this? How far are you willing to go to be able to beat somebody? Like, what does it take? in your power to defeat this person, to defeat this entity. And for me, the thing that appeals me is, like, just the stories. I love the stories. Mm-hmm. Because it's an alternate way of looking at certain stories and looking at these characters and how they deal with certain situations. Like, in America... So, like, there was this one part in an episode of One Piece. One of the characters ended up leaving... Because they were gonna get rid of their um they were gonna get rid of their boat, the Sunny, that had been with not the Sunny, it was the the Mary. The Mary. I almost forgot. The Sunny is their ship that they have now, but the going Mary or the Mary was their original ship. It was their first ship. And Uso not Uso. <laughs> I'm thinking of the Usos. Wow. Usopp. <laughs> Usopp didn't want to get rid of the ship because they kept repairing it. They kept repairing it. And it was beyond repair at this point. And they were going to get rid of the ship. Usopp didn't want to get rid of the ship. So he ended up quitting the Straw Hats. And ended up coming back just as a, another character. As Soga King. So the thing that was interesting. When everything that happened and the whole arc around that happened. Usopp wanted to join back with the Straw Hats. Mm-hmm. Wanted to go back. Now, in American television, they would have, like, let him back in. Obviously, just would have let him back in. But the thing was, he quit the group. He made this decision to go against Luffy. And was just going to go back like there was no problem. No. Zoro, I believe, and um, Luffy also said, no, we're not letting him back in. He has to apologize. We're leaving without him. He's the one that did this wrong. It's like with American television, sometimes they never have the characters address their problems. Right. Or they never address the things that they started. Mm-hmm. It's like, forget about the fact that he did all this and was just willing to come back. It's like, no, that's not the point. It's like, you fucked up. You have to pay for the consequences and you got to apologize. And that caught me off guard. And I'm like, wow. They really, they're really making him apologize. 
for doing all this. And they're supposed to be the bad guys. But it's that underlying thing of like, no, you have to... It's those varying differences between American television and um, different types of television. It's kind of like they do like character development in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking of character development, look at Vegeta. Right. You know, this guy started off as a conqueror. You know, he goes planets, blow him up, kill everybody, just eradicate every every life on the planet. And then he goes to Earth, meets Goku. They fight. He loses, you know, um, it was a stroke to his ego, stroke to his pride. And then you go to Namek and you try to, well, he, he tried to, you know, uh, how do you say it? How do you say it? Um, he went against Frieza. Right. Cause I was just, I was just about to say like, wasn't he working? Cause I think by that point. Frieza had just become so powerful at this point. Well, Frieza always been powerful, man. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's like, because it, like I remember, like, go uh, Vegeta's father was working with Frieza. I think I he could was be wrong. Working for him. Right. Right. So it's that. So Vegeta is like working for Frieza. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed and Vegeta is a very, very, very prideful prideful individual like a very prideful being so to see this guy and then that's another thing that contributes to his character development that i've noticed is like to see this guy who is very prideful has this long rich like heritage and lineage and you know he's royalty and stuff like that to see that he's under the thumb of this person this tyrant this emperor right this tyrant essentially and to see him like be in fear of him, then go against him. Yeah, that's yeah, because uh, Frieza, the mighty emperor or whatever, <laughs> he can't be beat. He was never beat, right? Until he met Goku, and then got beat. Then he got beat. <laughs> so um, Vegeta was under Frieza's thumb. He saw an opportunity for immortality, and he just, you know, he just wanted to go for it. He went for it. He just went for his goal. He saw his goal, and he went for it. He died in the process, but he went for his goddamn goal. Right. And that should, you know, that should, that, 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 that's a message in a, and that's a message in of itself. Right. Um, always go for your goals, no matter what the struggle is, even if you're by yourself, because Vegeta was by himself. Doing he, all this. Yeah. Radix died. He killed Nappa. Uh-huh. And then he went on this suicide mission for his goal, for, you know, for greatness. Right. And um, when you actually pay attention to like the idea and the message behind that, mm-hmm. that that's what that's what uh, that's what kept me hooked into Dragon Ball Z. You know, this sort of um, this goal he had to be better, right? And to yeah, to be better and essentially. always always better yourself because like you know, um, let's uh, let's get into more. I want to. I want to do like a little comparison. So, let's say basketball players, baseball players, soccer players, they all they all have teammates. Mm-hmm. They all work as a unit, they all work as a team. They get better to better each other, you know. Right. But with MMA, it's your team training you and you're training yourself and you're trying to do the best that you can right. for yourself. Right. You know. That 
how do I put this? I'm more into building yourself up mm-hmm. because when it comes down to it, all you got, all you really have is it's yourself. Is yourself, and if you if you lose, it's on you yeah. essentially. So the, if I'm getting this correctly from what you're trying to say, um. Because I know you're also a big MMA fan, too. So that ties into that. The re- One of the underlying reasons why you like Vegeta so much is because no matter what happens in the end, he knows that the only person he can blame is himself. Right. So if an MMA fighter loses, you can build them up. You can have the best team. When it comes down to being in that cage, it's all you. It's all you and your opponent. It's just you. Best. Because, like you said, with sports like basketball, like, hell, even in professional wrestling, too, you have your opponent is there with you as well. And you, like, say, a tag team as well. But for wrestling, it's a bit different because you have to be, you, it is about you, but it's also about your opponent as well because they could get hurt as well. So you have to look out for them as well. Mm-hmm. With MMA, sometimes, the whole purpose is to get that win. To do whatever you can do to get that win. To see who's better. Right. And for Vegeta, it's all about... Yes, there's that underlying thing of like him trying to be Goku. No, it's not that. It's just he wants to be the best. He wants to be number one. You well, know, he okay. wants to be the he top wants to guy. Be, right. And it's, it's just... You see... Um, and then on top of that, you kind of see how his character has also changed in ways of him realizing like yes i can still be the best but i can also still be the best husband no, i don't think he cares about that to be honest but you know he just it just grew on him right yeah. i i could be wrong but yeah, yeah. I, um, I could be wrong another thing about his character development after after the whole shit with frieza you know goku beating him all that and goku actually achieving what he spent his life you know doing was become super saiyan and all that mm-hmm. and the fact that you know he stopped, yeah, he he stopped his rampage, and he just fell in love with Boma and started a family, and now he's defending the Earth that he once tried to conquer. Right. You know, and you don't really see other stories like that. You know, I don't really, I, I, to my knowledge, uh, you don't see a bad guy, you know, wrecking shit, then all of a sudden changing his mind over. Over from over by his loved ones, or yeah, because the same can be said about Piccolo too. Yeah, Piccolo, go on, change Piccolo, man. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, going yeah. So that was another big thing, and then like I know you've recently got back, you recently got into like reading the mangas, yeah, and like listening to the mangas. And I like how the manga is different from the anime. Yeah, because like sometimes the manga will be will be better than actual anime, like the Goku Black arc. Because I hate to cut you off, but it's like it's because the because the manga is the original source, right? Sometimes the manga is the original source, and sometimes, like like most things with media and like television, sometimes the book is not always the same as the movie because you know licensing and like them trying to do, like sometimes they go a little bit. Sometimes they do whatever they want with it because mm-hmm. it's it's that wide open rather than like explore that. But it it happens, but. Continue your thought. Yeah, um, the difference since I like what the an what the manga was like the Goku Black arc because mm-hmm. in the anime it has it had um, Goku Black and Zamas they fused together, you know, and they did their 
their thing, the rampage. Uh, Trunks killed them, and you know, Zamas, not Zamas, um, Zeno, Zeno, the King of Kings, the little little child, big fo- the football head. Oh, that thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he just basically erased his ass. But um, in the the manga, Fu Zamasu, he had clones of himself, like just a whole army of Zamasus. I don't know if I said that right, but um, it was really interesting because, like, you you saw it, you saw that Goku and Vegeta, they were about to die because they had no plan. They had nothing. They had no. They had nothing to compete against that. Right. You know, it's a mortal god. <laughs> so you know, and it, it was cool how they did that. Um, composed to the anime, and then there's another manga like fan mangas out there with it. With which it ah. <laughs> There's a there's a fan manga out there that has Goku Black and Vegeta Black, mm-hmm. you know, and then they did a fusion to make uh, Vegito Black. Right. And then it was Go it was Vegito Blue, you know, Goku and Vegeta versus Vegito Black, you know, the counterparts. Mm-hmm. And that was an interesting story because like you saw them, they were equals basically. Right. They were equal in powers, and you had no idea who was going to win because mm-hmm. it's basically the same being, you know, the same, almost the same being. Right. But yeah, you know, they have you know different stories to that, and it's 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 interesting to you know read in, read into that and read about that. Right. So going off of the tail end, um, do you watch any other animes, or are there any other animes that have caught your eye, but or is it just like? Just Dragon Ball Z, or I mean, Dragon Ball Z, it tops them all in my opinion. Cause like I'm trying to, I'm trying to branch out to other animes. Like I tried watching Blood, uh, Blood Plus, not Blood Plus. I think it's called Blood BC or Blood DC or one of one of them things. But um, not really. I don't really watch a lot of animes like that. But Dragon Ball Z, that has to be my favorite one. But I have seen Afro Afro Samurai, mm-hmm. and that's considered an anime. Mm-hmm. So it there's, is. There's that. Um, that's about it. Okay. I really gotta you know look into more animes. I saw B Stars. That's just really good. Right. Anime on Netflix. I'm waiting for their season. I'm waiting for their season two to come out. Yeah. So I would give you my recommendations, but what you look for, I I feel as though a lot with like comics. Is the same with anime. You got to find something that fits your style. Right. Something that you're interested in. Because mine, over the years, has just been like um, Soul Eater, One Piece. Uh, I got into Seven Deadly Sins. I need to finish that series. Getting into like, um, what was it? Bungo Stray Dogs is another amazing one. Um, what else have I? I've seen, a ki- uh, I've seen Kill the Kill, Agami, Ka- Agame, no, Akame Got Kill. I've seen that. I've seen a lot of like uh, Trigger Studios animes. Those are really good. Those are in my wheelhouse. I've seen the three seasons of Fooly Cooly that they had. The original and then the two series that they revamped. I've seen that. I've seen Beelzebub. Um, yeah, a lot of like different comedy, drama, like action animes. I've seen. I've seen those. I, there's some animes I still need to get into too. And then the usual slice of life, like cute animes. Um, I've seen those. Um, there was this Godzilla anime that was on Netflix. <laughs> that was so. It was so trash. It was um, 
what was that? What was that called? Godzilla Planet of Monsters or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was just terrible. I tried watching that and I'm like, it, it just it just wasn't for me. But they have a new Godzilla anime coming out, and I hope I hope it's better. All right. You know, because. So as we begin to wind down, we're gonna talk about something that is another thing that is really big for you: horror movies. Oh man. We are going oh, to man. talk about horror movies. What you want to know about horror movies? So, to give a bit of a background for those who don't know. So, I spent 10 years avoiding horror movies. Because the first horror movie I remember watching was, like, parts of Scream. Mm. And that terrified the shit out of me. Man. <laughs> to the point... No. No, yeah, it was Scream. So, I saw bits and pieces of Scream. And that terrified the crap out of me. So, I, like, avoided horror movies for the longest time like a plague. And I feel so stupid doing that for 10 years. So, right around the, around the time that we were watching Scream, I remember watching Child's Play, the first one. And that scared me. Because we had this basement in our old house. Mm-hmm. Whenever our dad told us, hey, turn off the lights in the basement. In the basement Jesus. <laughs> I, would turn, <laughs> I would turn on every single light leading to the back. And then when I had to turn off the light, I would run and turn off the lights at the same time. Yeah, because it was terrifying, yeah, especially at was, night. Damn, basement was creepy as hell, dude. I always thought that ghost face was after me with a knife. Like, as soon as I turn off the light, he'll appear and, like, try to chase me. I'm like, oh, hell no. Right. So, like, how, so, so I, the reason why I got back into watching horror movies was because me and Jess. Mm-hmm. My homie Jess. I love Jess. Uh, She and I decided for the month of October, we would spend the whole month of October watching a horror movie a day. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I compiled a list of like various horror movies from Hulu, Netflix, um, Shudder. Yeah, just Hulu, Netflix, and Shudder. And then whatever we could also get our hands on. And we did that. Now, some of them. Now, I will say this. Some horror movies that we picked out over the years, not scary at all. No. Some, because like, and then you got, then there's that whole definition of horror, psychological thrillers, and then just regular thrillers. Mm-hmm. And then there's slasher fix. Mm-hmm. So like slasher movies would be like Friday the 13th. Um, you could say like. Halloween. Halloween. Scream. Scream. Those would be slasher flicks. So that would be. Play? Yeah, you can say you can say Child's Play would be a slasher fi- uh, slasher flick. Those are just one single guy just cutting up people like a like a psycho. Uh, horror movies you could say are just like I would say supernatural movies like supernatural ghost stories and stuff like that. Those would be horror movies. Like Paranormal Activity, Sinister. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Boy. The Boy. Oh man, that movie. Boy. <laughs> The boy, uh, what was another one that's... Uh, was that even... That wasn't even a paranormal movie. The boy was just... If... Spoil, spoiler If you haven't seen The Boy, it's some nigga hiding in the walls, just watching people. And, I thought that was the second one. No, that was the first one. I think... It, yeah, it was the first one with uh, the chick who played Maggie on Walking Dead. Oh. Yeah, that, that nigga was hiding in the walls, just watching her. I'm like, what the hell is this? Then what was the second one about? I haven't seen the second one. I thought that was the second one. Mm-mm, the first one. That could be wrong, but I'll look it up later. 
Or Denzel can look it up now. But yeah, uh, another one I would like count as a horror movie would be like Velvet Buzzsaw. I think that oh. was on Netflix. I haven't heard that. So that one, that one's yeah. Different. Yeah, I know, but that like, motherfucker was in the walls. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, I saw the kill count for the second one, and I feel like the second one kind of went like off the rails. But another one I would count as a horror movie, and I still say this is the one that really takes the cake. As above, so below. I haven't seen that. Dude, you have to see that. That is an amazing horror movie. That and um this the other movie, this one I think will count as like so like the first uh purge I count as a psychological thriller. That's mm-hmm. not a horror movie. This is a psychological thriller. And like a movie another movie, that woman that lived in isolation because she like had like these illnesses and this guy was like killing neighbors and she didn't hear him. That is another one I would count as like a psychological thriller. But what brought on, so I know you're a big fan of like Halloween and Friday the 13th and Freddy vs. Jason. Nah, I was going to say Freddy vs. Jason. We're going to talk about that one too. Oh, man. But you're you're a big fan of like the old school 1980s. Man, um, old school horror movies like, like I said, Child's Play, um... Halloween, Friday Thirteenth, The Thing. Yeah, <laughs> I love The Thing. The Thing is an amazing movie. I watch. I've been watching The Thing for years, and it still amazes me right. to this day. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just like the whole old school singular character, like a Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, and not even that. Like the uh, what do you call it? The uh, not the the effects. Effects. What do you call that? Practical effects. Practical effects. That practical effects makes a horror movie. If you have CGI, your horror movie's gonna be trash. I'm just saying, cause like, look at the thing. The thing from 1987, I believe. Their practical their practical effects were amazing. You look at the thing from 2011. It's all CGI. Man, that movie was so terrible. Like you, I want. I wanted to actually see like what happened before, because the thing, two thousand two thousand eleven was a prequel. Mm-hmm. You know they show you what happened to the base before the dogs started running up to the American base, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was a good story. It was really it was really connected. It was it went well. It's just that damn CGI ruined it for me. You know because you want to see actual blood and guts and All gore that, yeah. and people getting ripped apart, and you just. You don't get that with, like, CGI. No. Yeah, because I, I, I certainly believe CGI has gotten a little bit better. But it's still... It it's still it, it depends. It truly depends on how they make it work. Because sometimes it does work. Sometimes CGI effects really do um, work. But I, I will agree. And I will... Yeah, I'll agree that sometimes CGI is not always the best. I mean, sometimes it's just better to actually see something in front of the screen. You right. Know? Yeah. But, so, yeah. Speaking of that, and I know you and I have talked about this movie till no end. We're going to talk about Freddy vs. Jason. Freddy vs. Jason. Or as I like to call it, a missed opportunity. Have you seen all the old school movies? No, but I've seen the kill counts leading up to why they waited. Because, like, when they finally did that, like, Freddy pulling Jason's mask down... 
Wasn't it like they waited like what ten years, probably fifteen years? It it felt like ten years they've been waiting. It was Jason versus. It was Jason goes to hell. Yeah. When Freddy grabbed his mask and dug it, drug it to hell. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's been about 10, 15 years before they came out with Freddy versus Jason, and I believe, in my personal opinion, horror movies that came out in the early two thousands are trash. Yeah. All horror movies that came out in like nineteen ni- not, not ninety-nine because you had Scream and Scream kind of redefined horror genre. But yeah. anything in those like 2000s, 2001, 2002, 2003, that sort of like era, I feel as though they hit a, I don't know what it was, but they, they really missed the mark on most of those horror movies. I will say that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 2003, mm-hmm. that was good. It was good. It was a good movie. I liked it. Mm-hmm. But I do understand what you're saying. Like some of those were terrible. Because right? I feel, because uh, I feel as though it's not so much the part on the killers. I feel it's like the actors they got to play mm-hmm. were just not believable. It was miscast. It was very miscast because it just felt like there was like I don't know. Either the characters felt like they were trying too hard. In my opinion, it just felt like these are like one sided. They're just bad. They tried to be hip in that era. Right, and I get that. And I know you're trying to do all that, but it just, the characters are what loses it for me. Because uh-huh. it's just, the characters are just annoying and you want them to die. I mean, basically, they're all meatbags. They're just they're just there so they can get killed. You know, right. they have to kill count. It's just, it just, there's that disconnect for the characters because you just want all of them to die. Uh-huh. Like, at least with, like, that whole, like, the stereotype. Of like, okay, you have the hero, you got the final girl, you got the girl that's like the quote-unquote the whore or the sludge or the one that sleeps around, and then you got the nerdy guy, and then you got the jock and all that. Like, you got, like they really explained it in the Cabin in the Woods. I was just about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say I feel like Cabin in the Woods and Scream are in their own category because they those were the movies that were like, oh yeah, we're totally aware Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're very aware. This is very meta. We're aware of like, oh, there's this, there's this, there's this, there's people planning this shit. Why are there cameras right here? <laughs> right, right. It's that. It's like they're oh, they know what's going on around. Oh, this no seem right. <laughs> right. They they're actually calling it into the question. They're making it. They're they're breaking down that wall and they're mm. breaking down that veil of like, okay, this is real. Right. Th- this. Is this Cabin in the Woods is the like the second movie I feel in a generation to do that. You in the shit now, boy. <laughs> right, pretty much. So like that my biggest thing going back because at first it was like when I think about it at first, uh, watching Freddy versus Jason was the fact that it wasn't scary. It wasn't. It was not scary at but all. But that fight, even though that movie wasn't all that, but that fight between Freddy versus Jason, that was an amazing fight. It was just blood. It was just blood everywhere. Just gore. What you what fans wanted to see. Right. These two iconic figures, um, figures of horror. Finally going at it, man. And it did not disappoint. The movie disappointed, but that fight didn't. Right. I, I just, in my personal opinion, I felt like the reason why it was a missed opportunity was because you couldn't get behind the characters. Yeah. The characters were all horrible. Like, you know the characters in horror movies and all these movies. They got what what's coming to them mm-hmm. and everything. But it's like, come on now. You can write better characters. The only this. character that I was behind through that whole movie was Jason. Right, <laughs> right, because he was the sympathetic character throughout all of this. Not He's even the that. one, Jason. Jason's just there to kill. Right, and the, 
have a set character, and then they kind of made Freddy just a bit of like a, a goofball. Yeah, it I mean, like, Freddy was always a goofball, but like he could he could have racked up more bodies. Right. You know, he and had then, like what one kill. Right, and then there was like, of course, you know, they did the re the revamp or the reboot. Man, oh, um, with um the guy from The Watchmen, and he played it. That movie, I seen that. That that wasn't the best. That, right. I ain't like that movie. Did you ever see the reboot of uh, the Child's Play? Yeah, I saw it. The whole AI thing. That mm, nah. My my biggest thing throughout that whole movie was you mean to tell me the only reason why this doll is out here destroying people is because of a malfunctioning AI. Uh, safety. Safety features are off yeah. on this thing. That's the reason why there's no voodoo. There's no real malicious reason. It's just you took the safety protocols off this doll. I mean, I do like how Mark Hamill was like the voice of him. Yeah. That was that was cool, but still. Yeah. It, it, it. My personal opinion, and this goes, this doesn't always have to stay with horror movies. This can just be movies in general. You don't always have to do reboots. No. You don't always need to do remakes. You don't need, not everything that comes out of pop culture needs to have a movie. Dragon Ball Evolution did not need oh, to be Lord. made. That, that was just, that was just disrespect, man. Man, when we went, because it was in high school when we found out. Me, Angel, Julian, Chris, all of us, when we saw, because I think Angel or one of them brought an anime magazine or whatever, and they were, like, showing, like, screenshots of what Pic- Piccolo was going to look like. And they're like, man, this dude is gray. He was gray. So like, what are you doing? He didn't, even, he didn't even have his antennas. His antennas. No. It was like, God. And then, I didn't, I, I still, have, till this day. Have not watched that movie. I've seen it. Oh, Lord. I can't watch it. I really can't watch it. They put Goku in school. Like, that Goku nigga didn't go to school a day in his life. <laughs> and then, for it to be called... Because you notice, this was like this was meant to mirror Dragon Ball. Not yeah. Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball. Man, if they would have did Dragon Ball Z, and they would have fucked up Vegeta. <laughs> well, everyone knows sometimes when it comes to video games, when they turn video games into movies... It's not always like leading to the source material because the like, same thing like can be, Doom. huh? Like Doom, Doom, Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was another one that? Ju- what was another one? Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Oh man. But Assassin's Creed, I feel like gets a pass because there's no singular character in the movies. I mean, in the video games, <laughs> this was just some random dude, and mm-hmm. they were doing that. But like I said before, sometimes even with video games, the video games don't do. The movies don't do the video game justice. No, they don't. So, yeah. In this episode, we've kind of talked about, like, a bevy of things that you and I share in common and, like, go off of. So, is there, like, any last-minute thing you want to talk about, or are you good? You just want to talk about? I don't think so. I'll just talk to your ass tomorrow, but... (laughs) Alright. So... Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Status Alternative Podcast. Thank you, Denzel, for coming on and doing my podcast. I tried. (laughs) You tried. So, with that being said, I will catch all of you on the next episode. Take care and bye-bye.